Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benatar Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today we're talking about sleep, the never-ending challenges. Bedtime calm, are you kidding? How about stalling, bed hopping, the grand escape, fears, teething, illness. Peaceful, easy sleep is very, very complicated. I have three moms at the square table with me. Two are first-time moms figuring this out for their first children, and also a mom of three children, each with very different sleep stories. A big welcome to Tyler Podolnik, B. Jacobs, and Stephanie Zeidenweber. Let's jump right into this one. Tyler, you've just had some recent success at sleep. So why don't you get us started? Okay, so about a month ago, um, I converted Mila's crib to a toddler bed. And it was a hasty decision on my part. She had woken up one night at three in the morning and decided to not go back to sleep. And I tried to put her back in the crib, and she made her first attempt to throw herself over the crib. And fortunately, I was laying on the floor, so I saw her on the top of the crib, and I caught her before she would fall to the floor. But that morning, I took out... Number the, the, one reason to climb out, to, to yeah, change to a bed. I took out the manual, out. and I <laughs> converted the crib to the toddler, with the toddler rail. Um, and then... And then she said, thank you, mommy. I'm going to sleep really perfectly now. <laughs> and then nighttime came and I was, I, I was in shock. I was like, what the, did I just do? You know, I, I was freaking out because Mila was crying. You know, she wanted to get out of the bed. How old is she? She is, she's going to be two in two weeks. Um, but let me just preface that before I did this, she was a good sleeper. Like, I'd put her to bed, leave the room. She'd go to sleep by herself. Um, she would sleep through the night. So she had been sleep trained. So this was a new experience for me. And there were other changes going on. She's in transition class. I had taken her pacifier away a few weeks before, which was easy. And you know what? I don't give myself enough credit, and I don't give her enough credit, that she's actually really good with transitions. Um, she, like taking away the pacifier, she didn't even ask for it. Oh my God, taking that away, isn't that you like know? the holy grail of... Yeah. <laughs> I moved her to her crib when she was four months and it was relatively a simple process. Um, I never really had to go beyond 10 minutes of crying when I did the sleep training. So this was my real WTF moment of I don't know what to do. And I emailed Karen that night. But you'd already put her to sleep. After I put her to sleep, I'm sorry. Yeah, after I put her to sleep, after I stayed with her in the room, tickled her back, held her hand till she was falling, till she fell asleep. 
Um, yeah, and at that point, I hadn't shut the door to her bedroom. Um, so was there a lot of resistance the first night, or was it just your anxiety over what you had There done? was a lot of resistance going to sleep. Like, she would get out of the bed, run around the room in circles, crying. And I even tried cl- closing the door that night, but I didn't last for more than 20 seconds because she was going berserk in her room. Okay. And I had this fear, oh, she can't see anything. She's going to get Again, hurt. Again, fear and anxiety when you see your child literally going berserk is is overwhelming. And especially when you're tired and really just want them to be asleep. Yes. Um, so I would say for maybe about a week, I was laying in her room at nap time till she fell asleep. I would fall asleep on the floor. At night, I was laying in her room till she fell asleep. She would be waking up in the middle of the night frequently. I'd be going back to her room, laying on the floor till she fell asleep. My back hurt a lot that first week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I guess so a week later, there was one night where she woke up maybe every hour and a half, came to my room and would be right there by the side of the bed. And that made me feel really anxious. You know, I couldn't sleep even because I wasn't sure, am I going to open my eyes and she's going to be right there? <laughs> it's like a scary it movie. It's kind of scary. Like the shining or something. No, it's very <laughs> scary when they come in in the dark and you open your eyes and they're not making a sound. I would, just staring yeah, at you. Yeah, I would almost rather them make noise when they're just standing there and you wake up. You're like, whoa, okay, <laughs> creepy. Be careful yeah. what you wish for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the next day at nap time, I shut the door and I left and she cried for 10 minutes and I went back in there, gave her some tickles, told her I'm here and left the room again. And you know, this was after I had read her books. Yeah, this was after I had read her books, sang her two songs, you know, um, then I had left the room and shut the door. So that first nap time took 20 minutes for her to fall asleep. Okay, that's doable, 20 minutes. then at night, I did it again. Four books, two songs, left the room, shut the door, 10 minutes, went back in, took another like five or six minutes of crying. Next day, did it again, nap time, it was only 10 minutes. And she went back to, she went to sleep on her own. And then okay. ever so since Okay, so you went then, through the sequence. Yeah. You went through the horror, the fear, the anxiety, the escalation. And then at that moment when you decided, okay, we're just gonna close the door for nap. And see how this goes. And and if I remember correctly, that was around the time that we posted that article from Huffington Post right. with the mother of the seven-year-old who was like, "If people don't stop telling me to close doors, I'm gonna I'm gonna scream." And it was like it never worked for my daughter. It never worked for me. Oh yeah. And at seven, her daughter found a way to calmly sleep on a mattress, I think, next to her bed or a sleeping I mean, bed. That's not ideal. Next but to her bed. Seven oh. years is. <laughs> She went through seven years, but at no point was she willing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every time she tried it, it just became um, tense and uncomfortable for right. her. And and again, I'm sure that thousands of people told her close the door. So yeah, let I mean, me, let's let's find out B's story, um, and then we'll find out Stephanie's, and then we'll come back to some of the nuances of what works and what doesn't work with different children. Sure. Okay, B. I'm failing miserably when it comes to the sleeping. But um, you see, the sleep is just such a tiny piece of being successful as a mom. So, you know, it's just... We, she, my, my daughter sleeps with me. I lay down in bed. 
I try to stay awake so I can get up, but I end up falling asleep with her. Um, you know, she she needs, like, some contact, skin-to-skin contact to fall asleep. I nursed her to sleep for 14 months. I rocked her to sleep for another six. And now she curls up on me to fall asleep. Like, she needs a body beside her. Um, and then for nap time, I just made it even worse. We get in the car and we go for a drive. And, she's, and, and you'll drive as long as she's napping Well, I, I know when she's... I know when... I, I can make it... I, she can go to sleep in a couple of minutes because I just I know. Is she when the same time. age? She's two. Yeah, she's they're in two. the same okay. class. And I try to schedule like appointments and stuff and errands so that like when we're coming home, she's gonna be. So tired. she's only taking like one nap a day. Yeah, she takes like a two to three hour nap though most of the time. In the car? She's, no, 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 no. I can transition. <laughs> That's what her. I was wondering. No, no, so. I can transition her no problem into the bed and put her in the bed oh, and do okay. what I need to do. Okay. But I just feel terrible because she doesn't know how to lay down and put herself to sleep. Okay. I'm the weak one. Like, she just makes this face and starts screaming and, okay, okay, okay. Like, I just, I can't deal with it. And I tried the sleep training on her. It didn't work. Like, she, the one time she passed out and vomit. The other time, like, How old was she when that happened? Um, maybe around a year old. Like, she got, I let her cry it out and she got so hysterical. It got quiet an hour later. I found her passed out. Like, it was all over the bed. And then there was another time when she hurt herself because she was trying to climb out. She was screaming and she was making herself sick. So I just I again, Lucy, cry it out doesn't work with her. Fearless, powerful, strong, yeah. independent, and loves things her way. I and mean, she loves a bed. She's ready for a bed. I've picked out the bed. I just need to swipe a credit card and it's going to show up at the house. I just haven't done it because I just. Being, well, because you know it's going to complicate your yeah, life. I know it's going to be a miserable week or two, and I'm just yeah, dreading that. Yeah. That's where I'm at with the sleep training. Is it a full-size bed? Can you lay with her in her bed? No, we're getting a queen so that I can be comfortable when I lay down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, that's a good strategy. And honestly, I think if you're not going to get, like, a twin, you might as well, and you're spending all this money, get the queen so that they can have it for longer, because the full bed... Right. You might as well just get the bigger one. That's my opinion. Okay, and then the room. the other thing you all you are also a night person. You you work, yeah, at, at night for yourself. Um, and for my your daughter's country. a night person. She your daughter's a night person. So tell us, um, tell us about the other night when you weren't in the bed. You went. You were working, and she was moving across the bed. Oh, the other night, like I, I, you know, I didn't fall asleep. I got out and I was working and, you know, I, I, I check on her. I saw she was moving around and it was like one o'clock in the morning and I heard thump and a scream. She fell out of the bed. Like Aww. I felt terrible. Like, but she was like crying in her sleep. She was fine. Um, you know, it's just, it's time to get her her own bed. And, and also the idea that she, <laughs> that she can like, well, the, the hard part is, is how she'll stay, you know, how she'll be able to sleep. You know, she's going to need a big cuddle thing. There's no doubt about it. She's going to need something to hold yeah. on to in that bed. Oh, and I noticed, too, now she's holding, I mean, she sleeps like this, and she's holding on to one of her babies. Which is yeah. so sweet and lovely, because as independent as she is, she is that girl that needs contact in. And, 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 and it's a, it's sweet that she has that that nurturing contact side to her. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mila has four bunnies four teddies and a Minnie Mouse and a little jelly bean doll in her bed. Yeah. So. And the, hard, the other reason I bring that up is because I think part of her sleep transition will be when I wake up, 
you know, where is mom? You know, I'm, she's going to need to know where you are, what you're doing. She night. comes when she wakes up from her nap. She comes like, where are you? She comes yeah. running out of yeah. the room and it's like, okay, you're there. She's like, and then she smiles. Like she just has to check to make sure she's not by herself. And I do Aww. think, so I think some of it is cognitive. Some of it is she's a thinking girl and she wants to know that everything is well in the world. And so she's going to need a lot of support um, and information and routines that help lock in the I am safe and if my mom's either in her bed or she's working and then my other favorite for bedtime is telling them that you check on them all night long and so whether you do that. or not um, that when they wake up in the morning and again after two this becomes a, even more powerful and at three and four even more powerful because it's there is this, instead of any sort of bribe, negotiation, bartering, it's every morning I get a story about me in the morning. And it's, you know what you were doing? Your eyes were blinking, and you were, or you were twirling your hair, or your lips were going, pah, pah, pah. you know, it's something that's like, I, I, mommy checked on me, and she's giving me this, this gold treasure about me every morning when she wakes up and then you have to tell them I can only check on you when it's quiet in your room so that so it's this idea that I'm always there um, but she's she is so ready oh, for the independence um, but I think the other thing is you all have girls I mean I didn't even realize this when we planned it they are very smart girls and so the other thing that I know about the and, Ta and uh, Mila is they really, really want to know um, that they've figured out the world. And, and they're also very physical. Like, Mila loves climbing now. You know, nothing will get in Lucy's way if she's trying to go somewhere, do something. So it's so, uh, sometimes for children like that, an obstacle isn't an obstacle at all. It's just a new challenge. And it's just like, okay, how do I outmaneuver that? So um, I, I know my experience with, especially with Lucy, is she wants the power, the responsibility, and the decision-making that, you know, I'm in charge of my sleep. I'm in charge of this. Um, and how you invisibly give her that will make a huge difference. <sighs> Go ahead. Being in charge, I, I want to add that at this point, after I sing Mila two songs, the second one's always the ABCs, there have been nights where she'll point her finger to the door and say, Mommy. Or mama, like you know, like it's your turn to go now. It's time for you to go. Yeah, I love that because that's the ultimate power. power yeah. Is you and and you can't wait for it. I mean, there's the hard part. If you keep waiting for them to give you permission to leave, it must be my singing. Then it's <laughs> but but what it is, you know, it's the clarity. It's always clarity. And so what happens is, if you're waiting for permission, then they have that other kind of power, the power to hold you, the power to bring you back, all of that mixed up power. Um, and, and so we give them a ton of that because we're not sure, does it really matter? And that's, I think all of parenting is that slippery slope with, well, I'm a night person, she's a night person. I'm a, you know, like, we can handle this. I can sleep in her bed, you know, like, and it's, and it's all fun and none of it really matters until it's driving you so crazy that it's you're suffering I'm, I'm for past it. that so there there is a moment so with that clarity then they know I might as well own it because otherwise I feel powerless and so then they step up into it mm -hmm. and and it, it really does give them a new freedom okay now Stephanie's got a whole different perspective um 
I have three girls, nine months, four months, and five, sorry, nine months old, four (laughs) years old, and five years old. The four-year-old just turned four. Um, Her and the oldest are 18 months old, and I've had a very different experience with all of them. Um, With my first, when she came out, she had days and nights reversed, so she would sleep most of the day and was awake all night. And um, that was my first real shock into parenthood. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I'm like, wow, she, you know, I can do so much during the day, <laughs> you know. But then at night, she was just like, it, I, I didn't even know about that. I didn't know what to do. Eventually, I realized that um, you have to kind of reverse it by keeping her up during the day, which with a really sleepy newborn was, you know, quite the hassle. So, I mean, I had to, like, undress her and kind of try to play with her when she was, like, ready to pass out, and I had to, like, do it gradually. So that was the first challenge. And did you do that alone, or did you have a sleep coach? Um, I did that alone. Um, I So I did that, but she was a cat napper, and I just didn't know she would sleep for 20 minutes and be up. And then another twenty minutes and be up, and and I and I couldn't change it until this day. I feel like you see in newborns a certain pattern that you know. Till this day, she is one of my. She's my lighter sleeper. She needs less sleep. She wants to be up. Doesn't want to miss anything. Doesn't want to miss. She she doesn't, and she's still like that. Um, she's up the second she possibly can. She like jumps. I still have. I'm doing sticker charts. I'm doing everything to try to keep her in bed longer because she just she she wants to be up have and you, she wants to play have you tried that light that you're okay. yeah i've tried that i've tried like three different alarm clocks i've you know what with her i mean right now what's working is just i got rid of all that i put a hello kitty alarm clock in her room and i just i have a sticker chart and she has to stay in bed until a certain time and when the alarm rings she can get up and she comes into my room to tell me and she gets a sticker and when she finishes a row she either gets a date with me <laughs> where she could choose what we do or she could go to the toy store and choose one thing. So it's been working. She stays in bed, but she's up, you know. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for about two, three weeks. Um, The time change really did a number. So she's up at 5.30 for the most part, but we're working on it. Um, So with her at six months, I, you know, I looked up the different theories of sleep training. I knew I didn't want to do a cry it out because I didn't feel comfortable with it. I knew that I couldn't do a completely gentle approach, even though I'm kind of crunchy and I breastfeed all of them. And, you know, I, like, too gentle was also, I'm like, it's not going to work. So I kind of met in the middle and I thought the Ferber type of method where I'm doing check-ins to reassure her that she's not abandoned, that I'm here, but she's not going to get what she wants, I thought was like, I thought to me just made the most sense. So I kind of, I would, I would do a whole, I established a whole routine with her and she would eat and then to have her bath and then cream and book and pajama and everything. And then I would sing her like the same song to go to sleep. I would put her down and I would walk out and she would start crying. And I would, after five minutes, I would walk in I wouldn't turn on the lights I wouldn't take her out of the crib I would just stand there and say everything's okay I love you mommy's here good night and I would walk back out and I started using the same phrase over and over again I would go in at seven minutes then at 10 minutes then at 15 minutes and I didn't even read the whole method I kind of read the different theories online and I did my own thing with it but she was very easy and at six months she was sleeping seven to seven and it was and it was great and I No, and I was, you know what? It was my first baby. Like, I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, then came Isabella. 
eight when I got pregnant with her when Sophia was nine months old. So it was crazy as is. And Sophia was a late crawler, a late walker. So I was literally carrying her all day with like my nine month belly. She was like 18 months old and she had like just started walking. Um, and um, Isabella came and she was colicky. And I already had Sophia. Sophia was, you know, still a baby. So, um, so it was, it was really tough. And she, she ended up having an allergy and she was very uncomfortable and she had reflux. And so that was a whole new ball game. So then I had, you know, I had, I, I wanted them to get used to noise. So I always have them in a co-sleeper next to my bed because I would breastfeed. And so I wanted easy access to them. So I would have them in my room for the first three, four months. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to do everything. So they get used to all the noise um it didn't really work like with my first she's still a light sleeper she hears a noise she wakes up she needs a sound machine outside her room like she just is a light sleeper my middle one if she wakes up will she go back to sleep she'll go back to sleep but she just she she wakes up she was the type like i would never be able to do what you do that you transfer them when they fall asleep in the car i open the door and the eyes snapped open with her. So with my middle one, she was more transferable and she was a deeper sleeper, even as a baby, but she was so uncomfortable at first. So until I got that figured out and I had to go on the elimination diet and and finally she, you know, and finally she calmed down with everything. Um, and I got it under control. She wasn't refluxy. She wasn't uncomfortable anymore. Um, so she... You know, everything, uh, she was a calmer baby, but she was still, at nine months old, she was waking up to breastfeed twice a night. And she was already nine months old. I knew she shouldn't be eating at night. I knew that I had to, you know, she was out of my room around five, six months. She was sleeping in her own room, but she, you know, it was a predictable schedule. I was okay with it, but it was annoying. (laughs) I mean, I wanted to sleep the whole night. So at that point, I didn't really know what to do. The method that worked with my first didn't work with my second. So I hired a sleep consultant in California who I told her I wanted it to be gentle, but, you know, I don't know what to do. So she said that for a predictable schedule like that, that she was waking up at certain times each night and she was used to being breastfed, that I could try dream feeds. So she gave me a schedule for dream feeds and I would go in. I would breastfeed her when before she would wake up. She was fully asleep. I would take her out. I would breastfeed her. And then I would put her back in the crib. And the first night was for 10 minutes. The second night was for 8 minutes. Then 6 minutes. And you're basically, from my understanding, you're breaking the pattern of you feed her when she wakes up. You're breaking that pattern and you're kind of feeding her under your control. And like when you break the pattern, there's just something that happens that eventually they start. So it took me about a week and then she was sleeping through the night. Um, she, that was at nine months old and now we're on number three. And by the time that this my third daughter came. I thought that I was like the sleep guru by now and that I knew it all and that I've been through two kids and, you know, I survived it and they're doing very well and they're thriving and they're great girls. And I was like, I got this. Everything's fine. And then comes Mia. And she has thrown me out of whack completely because she does nothing like the stereotypical baby. She like literally marches to her own beat and everything has been just... She does everything differently. She doesn't accept any baby food. She doesn't like mm-hmm. any purees. She doesn't want to, uh, like, it, it, she's a much lighter sleeper than even Sophia. That at one month old, I have never, I've always had them in my room for five, six months. At one month old, I had to take her out of my room because I would turn over in bed and she'd wake up. 
And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get her used to it that the only way that she would sleep is in her own room with a sound machine in there. She has two older sisters running around. She wasn't getting used to the noise. It was just, and Mia, unfortunately, also has an allergy. So she was also a colicky baby. Um, when you're handling two other kids that are, you know, three and five at the time, she, Isabella was three. It's, it's really tough to deal with a colicky baby who now has like all these, she's super, super sensitive to sound and you have two other kids that are running around and their rooms are right next to each other. Um, so what is her sleep schedule now? So now she, I'm on sleep consultant number two with her. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing that I tried has really worked with her. Um, so right now... Why do you think nothing's working? You know what? Besides that she's not sleeping. I you mean, know what? Because I... that's the ultimate question, yeah. is, is how you find that connection between yeah. where you can do what you're willing to do and able to do yeah. and what matches their needs. I mean, right. when, when Tyler was speaking earlier, what's so interesting is usually... The sleep consultants and the books aren't going to say, you know, sleep in the sleep on the floor in your child's room. And it's not, you know, the, the things that many, many parents do to bridge those experiences aren't by the book. Right. But they're that they're that understanding of who your child is. Right. So we know they're on four hour sleep cycles. Yeah. We know that children are going to wake up after mm -hmm. they go through their REM sleep. We know we need them to get through the REM sleep. And so that, that might have something to do with whatever the environment is in the room, whether yeah. it's, you know, the lighting, whether it, you know, maybe it has to yeah. do with sounds and, and maybe a sleep consultant can help analyze the setting the stuff. But the big trick, and I think this goes to when you were saying, I don't want to go um, I didn't want to be all crunchy, and that is there, there's nothing wrong, certainly there's nothing wrong with a family bed. You know, that is a viable option across the world. What is, what is... If it doesn't well, impact your life, like for you, it doesn't, for, for me, my husband's on call, and he is a doctor, and he's, you know, so he needs to sleep. He can't be woken and, up. And I will say, I don't want anybody doing family beds yeah. where dads are the ones in the other bedroom. Right. That can't be. Right. I was losing my mind when she was like an infant, and everybody was telling me, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to get her on a schedule, seven to seven. I was losing my mind till I realized my kid's not a seven to seven sleeper. Yeah. And I, you know, she always wanted to take a nap from like, you know, four to six, four to seven. Right. And they're like, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. Wake her up. I wake her up. I have a screaming, hysterical baby for two right. hours who's going to get that nap. She's hell bent on it. And so things did get better. And then we would like, you know, then we'd have the downturn or something, you know, something's something going to happen. Throw it off. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just was kind of doing what was going to work for her. And, you know, up until a few weeks ago, like, we had a decent schedule where she was going to bed, like, 10 o'clock and sleeping till 8, taking a th two- to three-hour nap. And, you know, I, I mean, it was working, but now, like, it's just chaos right. and it's time for her own bed. But, like, for me, like, the books and all this yeah, stuff, it just, just doesn't work. It didn't work for her, and I, and I realized that. And I had, you know, everybody was telling me I was doing the wrong thing, and I'm just like, right. you know what, it's, and with the nursing, yeah. I let her nurse every two to three hours. Right. I had no life for a year, but right. it was just, I had a screaming baby ripping yeah. and pulling my clothes off. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I chose to breastfeed her. You know, it is what it yeah. is. I'm going to let her nurse every two to three hours. And that's the thing. So. Like, and that's the point that even in my family and that I knew what to do and whatever, it yeah. doesn't work for every child and every child's different. And I would say that there's, 
several factors to this one. So I think, what have you learned through the... Well, I think my experience right now, I think there's several factors. I think one... I don't have the consistency that I had before just because I have two other schedules to manage. So you don't have the consistency. You don't have the patience either because you just, you don't have it. You can't, you can't even give it anymore. You have, you're too divided. Okay. So I have to interrupt on that note because, you know, when B introduced herself as really bad at this, you know, and, and, and you, and that's the reality for every parent out there is life is really complicated Mm -hmm. and to have the patience and the stamina and the discipline and the structure that because if it's not worth it yet fine you know you know you imagine these little ones under a year old how horrible was it to have all of this love and sweetness in the world and then there comes a moment in time when you go oh maybe i have to change it now maybe she is ready for the difference and then you know from within that it's a good time to make some changes. Listen, I've sleep trained some of my friends kids. There you go. There you, you know? go. Of like, course. I just with her, I think that I think I can't be as consistent as I was with my other kids just because you know what? I I, I tried it and for a week and f- every 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, but it gets to the point where you have two other kids and I have to read to them and I have to get and so it's I think there's a lack of consistency that's definitely there. I think also you know, I think it's, I feel like she's my last. And ah. and I feel like there's also a thing there that's kind of, it's, I, I want to sleep through the night and I want her to develop good sleep habits. And I know that I will do it, but I feel like there's a part of me that keeps postponing and postponing because I'm like, oh, well, I don't really, I don't really mind breastfeeding her in the middle of the night. <laughs> so here's what I want to say, because I think everybody, I mean, you guys are now getting to the honest part. Now yeah. you're getting to the, I mean, describing the children. Yeah. That's real. You know, that's stressful and anxiety producing. But when we get to this part, which is, but I kind of like it or I kind of like it better than the alternative, because when you can do that, what if that mother, I mean, from that, from that, from that, with the seven year old who was fighting and struggling with this for seven years, just went, look, I'm choosing this. And as the mother, I can choose the thing that the whole world is telling me not to choose. And I'm not out here to advocate, you know, that your children shouldn't sleep and it should just be free for all. But I am here to say when it's your last or when it's your first or when, you know, when you know you have like this connection to your daughter that's very special through the nighttime. I mean, to me, like hearing your nighttime stories is like hearing your ice cream stories. I mean, there's some good, there's stuff that you don't fit in during the day that can get fit in at night that's pretty special. So thank you for, I think that was a really important thing to say. Okay, so what else about what's, because here's the other thing. If anybody put on this podcast to find out how do we fix the kids, the bottom line is there's nothing wrong with the kids. There's nothing wrong with the babies. It's, It's just the mystery of how do we figure out what they need and what works for us. Because the bottom line is, it, there's nothing to be fixed. It's, you know, I always say you don't change, you don't manage the kids, you manage the situations. You put, it's like putting bumpers in a bowling alley, you know, so you can steer this in a certain direction when and if you're ever ready. Yeah. But the bottom line is there's nothing wrong with them. So anybody that's out there angry at your children, frustrated at your children, take the deep breath and go, okay, you know, I own this. And when it's time to make a change, we will. So It's normal, and everyone does what works for them. I mean, in one sense, I say that. In another sense, you know, 
No, in another sense, I would say it's also important to kind of at some point early enough, you know, it's it's important to deal with it because I, I don't regret doing the dream feeds and getting Isabella to sleep through the night at nine months, just like I don't regret regret ferberizing Sophia right. and, and having her. And I do have two kids nowadays that most of my friends say, I can't believe that they're both sleeping at seven o'clock at night, you know, and I, and I chose to do that because that was what worked for me because I wanted time to have with my husband and I wanted, you know, he, I mean, he works long days and he's on call and he's whatever. So I needed those hours first to decompress for me because I am all in, you in parenting apart. and I had children 18 months apart and I'm a very very like hands-on mom and so I needed once I reached that point I'm like okay I need my break it's been a really long day so but I needed more more than that I needed to spend time with my husband so for me I knew I wanted I don't mind getting up early in the morning but I wanted them to be early sleepers so okay. for me anything a schedule else like that works Mia? anything else for Mia the consistency you know, She's your third. Listen, for me, I'm I'm gonna do it. I have a trip coming up, and I've and I already decided that after this trip, that's it. I, I feel like I'm doing her a disservice. And and as much as selfishly I say, you know what, I want to hold on to these moments and everything, I do truly feel like sleep is just so important for, for them. And I see such a difference when my older daughters are overtired. And so I think that when they're little, it's just, you know, I just see it now. Like I see the effects now. My friends that, oh, I don't want to do that. And I don't believe in those theories. And I don't, you know what? Unfortunately, they have five-year-olds, six-year-olds now that they still have a whole bedtime process that at this point now it's annoying it's at, to them. When it goes two or three hours Yeah, when it goes time, two or three hours really and they're disruptive. sneaking out and they have to lay on their floor and they have to that. And I'm talking about like much later on, like three, four years later. So, My sleep process is a two to three hour process to right. get her to sleep and I can't take it. Right, and, and, and so <laughs> that's the thing. Does that include bath time or just like once you get her into the bed? Once I get her out of the bathtub. Like it's, we, she gets on the bed, she gets dressed. You know, and we're in the bedroom, and then I'm going to read, and she's going to get a, a, a bottle, which I know she's still getting a bottle or two. But, um, oh, like, you know, but it's, it's you know, then she has to read, and then I get a couple books, and then she screams for a couple more, and I cave. Okay, fine, this is the last I one. I cave. Okay. And then it's, this is the last one. And then, you know, and then finally when, when the last one is the last one, I turn the lights out, and then it's party time. Like, she literally, I mean, she starts standing on her head. Like, she does this thing where she, like, almost does a handstand up against the wall. I mean, it's just, it's making me nuts. Okay, and, and so let me just say a couple of things, and then, and then I'm going, the wrap-up, I want you to talk about what you know, what you think would be the right way to work it out for your family. Um, the, the, what you know about this for yourself and your child. But the, 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 I, I really believe with Stephanie that we have a sleep-deprived nation. And, and especially once your children start going to school, where there are, all, I mean, it's like having a job. I mean, there are demands and structure. And so they do need the, the, the energy because they don't have that fluid flexibility of, oh, I'll just like, you know, I can just do as I please all day. It's, you know, oh, gosh, i got to go stand in a line. I've got to, you know, I've got to self-manage myself. Well, I'm concerned for Lucy because she's not going to bed at 7 o'clock. That's just not going to happen. She's not ready to go to sleep. And I'm worried, you know, when she starts school, you know, because she does need that. She sleeps 10 hours, then takes the two hours. She needs 12 hours a day. 
And if I, you know, she probably even needs 13. Probably. Right. I mean, some days she does get it. Yeah. Some days she'll sleep for 10 hours and take a three hour nap. But I'm worried, you know, when I have to get, you know, if she doesn't go to bed, you know, if she goes, stays up later well, and I got to get her up to get her to school here on time that she's going to be like dragging. Well, so. I will tell you, one of my closest friends has a very similar situation yeah. and her, Danny, and, and, and her kid just like has always stayed up late. They travel a lot and yeah. they, you know, um, she is having difficulty in the sense that a lot of times she's running out the door for school. Um, her kid gets the appropriate amount of sleep because if she goes to sleep at nine, she'll wake up at nine. She's one of those kids. My kids will, if they go to sleep at 11, they'll still wake up at six. Um, but she does have one of those kids that sleeps in and gets the sleep that she needs. Yeah. Having said that, I mean, they're so tired when they start school and activities and everything that a lot of times it does work to your favor where she's finding that she can put her down earlier now. So She's going to need the nap. Yeah, so and she's going to feel you, it. You also have the ability to nap her here. I've so, thought about so that. So that she yeah. will have that structure. I can't um, imagine anybody being able to get her to sleep. <laughs> I, 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 I know that she's very respe receptive to structure. And yeah. And so, and she loves the, I mean, she, there, the, she might connect with it, but there's also this, there, there is, she's going to be really tired. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I that I so. see <laughs> from, when they go from the hour and a half day to the three hour day, there are children who are falling apart at 11 because it is, it's not, cause it's not just busyness. Your children are all busy, but it's, it's the self management of be, of, of I'm on, I'm taking care of myself, my body, my language, my thoughts in a group setting, which is, which is a, a very big age appropriate demand. So here's a couple things. One is, so we know they need the sleep for their brain development, for their body development, for their emotional development, for their resilience. How do you know it's not working? when you see them cycling in terms of sleep becoming more disruptive. If what you're doing helps them to sleep, great, no problem. But if what you're doing makes them wake up more often, then clearly it's not about sleep and that they can't choose what they really need in this situation. So let me just say... I mean, Lucy sleeps through the night. But it's what, just getting her to bed. Of course, <laughs> because when she keeps saying one more, one more, one more, what's the definition of testing? The definition of testing is if you give them what they say they want and they up the ante on you, then it's not about that thing. It's about playing you. And the power in playing the grown-ups is huge. So it means having that routine that says last time means last time, or you pick how many books, you know, and we can customize this for Lucy yeah. so that she has a great sense of power in the choices. But again, it's like the bumpers. All of the choices take her exactly where she needs well, to and go. And Karen taught me this, but I will tell you, this is coming from a person that has not one, not two, but three children who have been called strong-willed by professionals. And I don't like, like that name, you know? I like no, fearless, I know. powerful. Totally. You know? But listen, you know what? All three may be leaders one day, but they are strong as hell. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and which means they're going to give you a run for yes, your money. Yes, they are. And, they and I will tell you, they try to negotiate everything. And I've learned, and Karen partly taught me that, that if you give options, that's the way to go with with those types of things. Like like I get asked, and one more, and five more minutes, and, and, and I have to negotiate all day. And the only thing that has worked for me, especially with my oldest, who I would say right now is the most strong-willed, is, okay, you can either have one more book 
or you can have three more books tomorrow, or you can have one long book or two short books, or you can, you know, and things like that is just, it's the only thing that's worked. And, and again, you have to enjoy the game of it, but yeah. you're a negotiator, I think you can handle that. <laughs> so uh, we, we are running out of time, I and mean, there's still so much to say, yeah. um, but let's, let, I know you already know the answers uh, for yourselves, and I also think you know the places that make no sense um, that people, I mean, so feel free to go both ways, which the advice that is worthless that you want to, if anybody's listening, you can say, just don't even, you know, if that doesn't seem le legitimate to you, don't go there. And then the other side of it, which is, you know, if I'm really honest with myself, um, then I think this is the way to go with my child. <laughs> like what's good for my child, what's not, you know, um, you know, I have people telling me, wake her up. You know, you know, make her go to bed a half hour early. It doesn't work. If I wait, if I, you know, if it's been two hours and I know she's going to sleep for another hour and I wake her up, I end up holding her for an hour because she's just like hysterical. Okay. Because she so wants let to me be jump in there. Rock, so I let her sleep. So, and, and it's like when it. you were trying to reverse. Um, the sleep schedule. Yeah. Sophie, the Sophie. days and nights. Yeah. The days and nights. It is really hard. Um, and, and, and it would be my advice should you were asking for it, but you're not, but maybe somebody else out there is that idea of not letting them have that late, late nap because, but you can't just say, I'm not going to have the late nap or I'm going to ha not have the late nap and then have her sit on me for an hour because that is, she likes to take a late nap has since she was born. That's been a problem for two What's years. Like, like if four I, to seven. if I would let her sleep for four to seven every day, that would be, that would be her ideal nap schedule. Like, and again, so it has. It does mean taking four months, maybe, or three yeah. months to reset her biological clock. I mean, sure, when she's twenty-five, she can get. You know, she can have. She well, can have a wonderful entrepreneurial have you ever job. Ever try to skip it and put her down like at seven? Doesn't work. Well, here's it does what not work. Okay, I have. She stays up just as late and is just like just out of control over time. What I would ask you work. to do, and again, it's you and you can just live with it. I mean, that's fine, yeah. and just tweak the nights after as best you can. Um, and again, school might be the answer to this. I'm but, also very weak when it comes. Okay, cry already right, fine. Because <laughs> what well, you can't just we all give you in. <laughs> can't go into reactive mode. Yeah. If you're going to go into a sleep adjustment, then you have to have the plan for the next two weeks, and and you and you have to keep tiptoeing. Now you don't have to be full blown. I mean, I think that Tyler plan... did a great job of doing it gradually and tweaking it as you went. But you had minor reassurances, like you had her time shortening. So what you have to do, I have to finish the point. So what I need you to do, if you were to choose, is to know she's going. If I'm going to wake her up at 4:30 every day. Or, or, or half hour earlier every day for two weeks, then I have to know I'm going to be engaged with her for the next three or four hours. I'm gonna be engaged with a cranky child. It's not gonna be convenient. It's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be, oh, we're just gonna go have our ice cream. We're gonna go to, we're gonna make dinner. We're gonna do any of the normal things because she's gonna be angry as could be that you're ch changing the deal she's on her. She's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> she's going to be a hot mess. So then I woke what her up you would a half have... hour early last night 
And she was cranky, miserable, hot mess for an hour and a half. That's right. And you have to know, okay, so maybe it's an hour and a half hot mess tonight, and maybe it'll be an hour and 20 minutes the next night, and then it'll be an hour and 10. It's not going to be easy. But then you have to think, how do I stay sane through it? So you say, we're going to go walk on the beach. You're going to be a hot mess. We're going to go someplace where there's a lot of so air if she and stays water. stay sane through a three-hour bedtime routine every night, I think you're fine. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally laying in the bed while she's, like, in downward dog oh my God. position. I don't see, know. You have more patience than I would thing. ever have. I just lay there, and, and she, like, Just wishing it would go. Just wishing I it mean, would be she, different. She, like she's she just I mean then she starts like like blowing raspberries on my stomach. Oh my. It's this whole big thing. Like it's it was so cute for the longest time. I can't. <laughs> Let me show you the bruises on me from what she's her newest thing is to is to bite. And it's because she wants she gets so excited and wants to show affection and she only does it to me and my mom that she's like and like and I'm like I yeah I mean it's I will tell you. She, <laughs> She is the child that can test me in transition almost as much as your girls. And, the, and it's only every, there's a, every five years, there's the child that gives me that look. And it's going to be like, where are we going with this? But here's what I know about her, and it's exactly what I knew about your girls. And that is when we do the dance, and it's like, really, like, I love your... I love your energy. I love your challenge. I love your determination. And guess what? I can't, still can't let you do that. And But then I give her a different power, and she is so hungry for it. She is. She wants that independence. She wants the responsibility, and she wants to grow so much. So as a matter of fact, I mean, I really believe that you're going to get that feedback just like Mila saying, bye, Mommy, which is, I mean, and that's like a shocking, like, how dare, how could you throw me out? I'm the mom. But, but it's, they all want the power and you just have to give them, it just, it's a different kind of power. Okay. So back to your wrap, cause we're, we're going to run over yeah. now. So. My, my plan is I need to buy the bed. Um, and you know, I'm going to lay down with her and we'll read X amount of stories. Like I know there needs to be a cutoff and then at a certain point I need to leave the room even while she's awake. And then just, it'll be a miserable couple of weeks while she keeps coming out every two seconds. And, you know, I need cheese. I need Bubby. I need Milky. I need water. I'm hungry. I need lunch. I need dinner. Like, this is what she does when we're in bed. And we're going to celebrate it. We're going <laughs> to celebrate it and say, I love that you're asking. Now go back to bed. Yeah. No. And, and let's and you and you can and again then you can start with the negotiations like okay I'm gonna put that here for tomorrow you know you can make a game out of it you can make a joke and out of it you know what I do with the water situation sometimes she'll ask for water I say you know what I'll bring you water in the middle of the night when you're sleeping so if you wake up monkey Baba is gonna be holding your water for you <laughs> and has she ever used it um, in the morning when she wakes up sometimes. but she but again she gets the reassurance that you heard me I've got some power to change the world and, and but mom has steered it on her terms rather than completely on my terms. Bravo. That wasn't always the case though. I mean, I was bringing her waters, water. At okay, first. so Tyler, what's your wrap up? The advice that is worthless, and what you and how you've got this. Um, worthless advice. I, I don't know. I, I honestly I don't know because I mean, there's advice that works for some people and there's advice that works for other people. I can't say that any advice is really worthless. You just could take it. You could try it. But for me, what worked was being consistent. Like going back to, you said the word consistency before. And Mila really, I think, thrives off of consistency. Yeah. And having some sort of 
limit and structure. Um, and also giving her a lot of love during that time. That's right. And love, know. and then cre and also creating rituals during the day that, that take away the guilt of not being there pressing body to body at night. I mean, because that's a big thing to give up. Knowing that she loves that, that, that you anchor her in her world at sleep. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I, I try to tell her every night that I'm proud of her when I go to when, when, before I leave her room. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'll see you in the morning when the sky's blue. Oh, please. The sky's but then, but now the sky's getting lighter earlier, right? Like around 6.30. And, and just to throw out there, not to mess you guys up one more time, but you might even switch that to, you can be so proud of yourself. So if she's not doing it for you, she can do it for herself. That's a good one. Okay, Stephanie. Game plan? <laughs> okay, bad advice. Um, I would say when Sophia was sleeping seven to seven at six months old, the pediatrician I was going to at the time said to me that I should now extend her bedtime till around 10 o'clock so she can start waking up later. And I said, see ya. So I thought that was pretty bad <laughs> And I think that's the important part. If you're getting a lot of sleep advice, know yeah. that it's yours to yeah. choose. Yeah. However um, you want it. The schedule worked for me. And uh, I'm, I'm no one to judge, you know, what sleep, ha what sleep training way you use. But I will say that for me, ha them having confidence and security in that they're loved and there's someone there for me was huge. And I see it nowadays in my girls. So for me, that's the reason why just letting them cry it out. You know, it. I may have Mia sleep trained in three days by letting her just cry. And I know that. And I've been told that by my husband, who is a pediatric cardiologist, by my parents, by my in-laws, by everyone. I have been fighting everyone on this, especially with my last child. Um, I see my daughters. Thank God they are very secure in um, in our love for them. In They're very secure that they have us. And because of that, I feel that it's prevented them from having insecurities in men, in many areas that many kids have insecurities. So I would say, you know, reassure and don't give in. And I'm very, very loving, but I'm very firm with them. And I think that that's worked for me. Thank you all very, very much. We can come back after uh, Lisa gets her bed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook, that's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>